going to talk a little bit about my experience this week. I was lucky enough to have a Buddhist monastic stay with me for a few days. Ayavimala, who is a ordained bhikkhuni, a nun, uh, who lives in a monastery in Belgium. Vimala actually helped to build it. They used to send me pictures of themselves with power tools, um, built, actually building the monastery. I, um, I met Aya Vimala, I think it was in 2017, Joanna and I were teaching our annual women's retreat at a Joshua tree, and Vimala was staying at Mahapajapati, which is a small little monastery in, near Joshua tree in the desert. In California which is not far from Palm Springs and and so they came to the retreat and they sat the retreat and talk about a little bit of intimidation when a Buddhist nun shows up to sit with you and it's like anyway it was lovely so I got to know them and then the next year Joanna couldn't teach and I invited Ayavimala to come and so Ayavimala co-taught with me the women's retreat I'm not sure if any of you were on an, on the retreat that year, but it was quite lovely. And and then I saw them again, and I haven't seen them in about five five or six years. I know 20, 2018, so almost five years was the last time I saw them. And they're over here because their preceptor, their teacher, lives at this monastery in um, outside Joshua Tree near uh, Pioneer Town, and is is old and ill. And I have Imola wanted to come and say basically say goodbye or offer greetings and then is uh, going to sit a two-month retreat in Arizona in the caves in Ar northern Arizona. So um, they stayed with me uh, while they were here and it was really lovely and um, we got to talk a little bit about Dharma. They love cats. They played with my cats all the time. So my cats abandoned me and my husband and just stayed with them, which was fine. Um, they have to remember who feeds them, but they came back. Um, and so we were talking, and they got here Wednesday night, and then we did some stuff on Thursday. We went for a hike, and then yesterday morning they said they... Um, I'm, the reason I'm saying they, I have email identifies as non-binary, and their pronouns are they... And so that's why I'm saying they, so I don't want to confuse you to think there were multiple people here. It was just Ivimala. And um, they uh, said they weren't feeling well and took a COVID test and were positive for COVID. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, so that was yesterday morning. And I'm fine, but my husband is... Um, some of you or many of you know that he's had a lot of health stuff over the last couple of years, which he's basically over, and he is now preparing to go to Burning Man, which is one of the highlights of his life and which he hasn't been to a in many years because of the pandemic and because of his health. And he has just spent the better part of a week and a half or two weeks prepping to go to Burning Man, primarily replacing the air conditioning in his van. Um, so he's been working, he's, a, he's very technical, and so he's been working and spending I don't know how many hours watching YouTube videos and then going and rebuilding his air conditioning. And, and um, the concern was that he, that he would get COVID. 
um, because we're all in this home, house together. So Vimala pretty much stayed in the room or we sat out in the backyard. And then today I took them out to Mahapajapati. I took them back to the, out to the desert, drove out there this morning and then drove back this afternoon. I just got back about uh, an hour, an hour and a half ago. And so what I wanted to talk about tonight is this uh, holding emotions. And then Vimal and I also had a, some wonderful talks about the Dharma. And, uh, and I'm, I'll offer some of the things that they shared and, we talk, and that, what we talk, that we talked about. And, but I recognized yesterday, um, somewhere in the day, this experience there was a real discomfort in my body. And the, the, the beauty of this practice and these teachings is this invitation to really be in touch with our bodies, a reconnection, because we, in our culture, are so disconnected from our bodies. It's all logic and reason, which dates back, I was talking about this last, I think it was last week in my Dharma talk that, you know, a lot of this dates back to the, the enlightenment, the age of reason where logic prevails and facts prevail. And yes, logic and reason and facts are incredibly important, but not to the exclusion of feelings and emotions. And we do often live in a society that says you need to control your emotions. You need to, we determine which emotions are okay and which emotions are not okay and, and which are proper and which are not proper. And so to um, reconnect with those and sometimes reconnect with feelings or emotions that we've tamped down for multiple, multiple, multiple years is uh, an important part of this practice. And I'm grateful that I have, because of a lot of body scans and work, have been able to reconnect with emotions that I'm feeling. So I was feeling a lot of discomfort in my body. And my first sense was, is this COVID? And it wasn't that kind of feeling at all. And what I realized, it was, I think it was a whole bunch of emotions coming up. Um, some concern, some, some fear about perhaps if my husband gets COVID and he can't go to Burning Man after all of this and, you know, he's supposed to leave on Wednesday. And um, so there was a lot of, of um, that. And it wasn't taking over my life. It was just opening up to the recognition of, wow, this discomfort is based in feelings of concern, of a little bit of fear, of, uh, of many, many, many things, and just to allow them to be there. There was no need to fix because it was uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable to hold these feelings. And I'm sure you all uh, recognize when there's a feeling that's uncomfortable, it's like, ugh, how do I get rid of this? And, and, and Aya and I were talking about that on the drive today. It's like, no, instead we say hello, and we invite them in and say, Ask them what they need. Ask them what they want. You know, we listen. This is why this, the, the meditation practice I offered this evening was connecting with the stillness. Because you need to have the stillness in order to create space for the, the arising of the emotions, the arising of the wisdom, the clarity. 
And I realized, you know, as I, I came to understand that that's what this was. It was like this concern, this fear, this this care for my husband and, and hoping that he gets to go and that nothing, that we don't catch COVID or whatever. And so to recognize that, that was, that's what those feelings were and to treat them with kindness, to treat them with tenderness because that's what was called for. Oh, you know, it is what it is. And if that's what happens, we'll greet that in the moment. But today, just greet the recognition of the concern. And right now, we're just all going about our business. We're all feeling well. I tested negative. It's, you know, it's, it's just going about our business. And um, to allow that, um, you know, it's... It's not about changing things. It's about being with. I was talking to um, Vimala today and asking them, because they, they translate texts, they know Pali and Sanskrit, and um, I was asking them about having heard that one of the alternate uh, translations of sati, which is usually translated as mindfulness, is to be with. And they said they hadn't actually heard it, but that's what mindfulness is. They hadn't heard exactly that, but that's what mindfulness is, to be with what is. So to be able to be with this discomfort of our feelings when they are uncomfortable or the discomfort of our feelings when they are comfortable is really, really, really important. And, and to sh it shifts our perspective out of, no, it should be different, or what do I have to do? I didn't jump in and try and take control over things, over things that are out of my control. How often do we do that? Jump in and try and take control over things that we have absolutely no control over in an attempt to create the world we think should be, in an attempt to create the world we want to have, thinking that that's the answer. You know, we, I've talked about happiness, I think, I don't know, somewhere in the last few weeks. And Bimala and I were talking about happiness, recognizing that happiness is not out there. Happiness is how we can be present and comfortable with the experience. We were talking about the billionaires where, you know, oh, I have multi-billions of dollars, but I still need to do that. And I still need to do this. And I still need to be number one. And I still need to beat you because... Apparently, all, these, all this money hasn't brought happiness because I'm still craving and yearning for something else. That, that craving breeds more craving, breeds more craving, breeds more craving, breeds more craving. Because it's never enough. It's not the getting of the stuff. It's the addiction to that. It's that craving. That's the issue, not the thing. And so how do you hold emotions? How do you hold disappointment? Because that's another thing that was feeling was like this sense of, oh, this disappointment that might happen and the disappointment that Vimala has COVID and, and that hopefully they're feeling better. Um, how do you hold sadness? How do you hold anything? You know, how are you with? And um, one of... Um, one of Ayavimala's main teachers is Ajahn Brahm. Um, and Vimala says that he translates mindfulness as kindfulness. This 
which is part of being present, is being kind. You've heard me talk about that a lot, that we greet our experience with kindness. So he says kindfulness, which I really like, because that's how we are supposed to greet the moment, with kindfulness. Whatever it is, especially when it's challenging, especially when it's uncomfortable. I, uh, I bought, I had to buy new tires last month. I, I bought my car used a couple of years ago and the tires came with the car and they were pretty much trash. So I bought a new set of tires and over the last couple of weeks, the, there's been one, uh, a lights, uh, I've had a light um, on my dashboard saying that maybe your air is low. And so it was this one rear tire that I filled up with air and was happily driving. And it kept coming on over the last couple of weeks. And, and their air is low. And so I don't think there's a leak in the tire. Maybe it's the valve. But I think I had to put air in that tire four or five times on my trip today. I drove like 350 miles to go out to the desert and come back. And, um, and I had to put air in the tire for three or four, three, I was going to say three or 400 times. No, <laughs> maybe five or six times, I don't know. And I think it was because I was driving high speed and for prolonged periods. And so it's just like, I could get into the place of anger. I could get into the place of, all the, you know, the screaming and the yelling in my head that, you know, that storyline that you go down or else I could get into the, okay, it's time to pull over and put some more air in and bring the car in tomorrow. You know, even with the class five kill storm that's coming here to Southern California. That's not what they call it. That's what they, we call it. I think that's a, I think that's from the Simpsons, a class five kill storm. Um, and so even with this hurricane that's coming, it's like, I'm going to take my car in. And if I don't take it in tomorrow, maybe I'll take it in next week. And it is what it is. 10,000 joys, 10,000 sorrows. Life, life just happens. And it's how we show up with it. It's like, okay, it's inconvenience. How do, we, how do I hold an inconvenience? Because sometimes inconveniences are more challenging than big difficulties. Because when there's something big we are prepped and we're like, okay, this is a big deal. Let me, let me like pay attention. But oftentimes it's the little inconveniences that are way more challenging. Like when a curtain rod breaks in your closet and all your clothes fall on the floor. That is like, what? Or, you know, a blind breaks or a tire is constantly leaking and you have to go to get it taken care of or or something happens, or a cup breaks, or whatever. There's, there's this, this, this life that happens. And one of the things that, and, and I, I have no real Dharma talk tonight. I just have a few reflections on the conversations that Vimal and I had. And one of them, last week, I was talking about how last week I talked about impermanence and uncertainty. And Vimala said that actually, perhaps an even more accurate, or maybe a, a better translation of anicca, which is impermanence, is uncertainty. Because oftentimes nietzsche is, is kind of 
used in the suttas as somebody's going to show up regularly, so there's a regularity to it. And so if anicca, it means it's uncertain. And so anicca can also mean impermanence and uncertain. You know, it's, it, there's no guarantees. That's what impermanence is. There's no guarantees. So if we can get uh, comfortable with the uncertainty of the world we live in, because getting COVID was not on our bingo card, but there it is, you know, and having a brand new tire that's doing this, I've got new tires, so I wouldn't have to deal with this kind of thing. But there's uncertainty, and it's like, how do we deal it with it? We, we're willing to be fully present. We're willing to be fully present with kindfulness. Kindfulness to us, kindfulness to the experience. We're willing to feel, stay connected to the body, stay connected to the experience of the moment. Yeah, that's, that's the invitation of the practice. It's not about getting prizes. It's not about getting happy and staying blissed out. It's not about that. It's having an ease regardless. That my favorite, you know, my favorite um, definition of equanimity, deep intimacy with our experience without preference. How intimate can you be with your life? It's an invitation to intimacy with your life. That's what this is about. That's what this practice is. An intimacy with your life and a letting go of, of clinging, a letting go of self, a letting go of, of shoulds and if onlys and coulds and, and greeting each moment with kindfulness. So those are my few rambling thoughts about a very... Um, uh, full four days <laughs> and I and I hope uh, I hope the words were of some benefit and thank you so much my friends for your kind kind attention and much love to you all I guess I'm just interested to hear your thoughts more when you say it's empowering and leads to freedom well if you're not if you can be kind and just be with what is, not saying you have to do something, it has to be a certain way, you're free of that constraint of something needing to be a certain way. That's the freedom. Otherwise, we're stuck on this needs to be a certain way, and, and I can't be happy unless it's that way. And that, if you're stuck and trapped by that idea of what it, it's supposed to be, your perception of happiness, or should, that is very, very restrictive. Very restrictive. And we're so trapped by so many things. And so when we sit and examine our suffering, that's where the freedom is. We can, can I let go of that idea, that perhaps wrong view that's really keeping me trapped? That's freedom. That's, the, that's, that's what Buddhism talks about. That's what Buddhism teaches.
Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.